Hey, friends, thanks for joining us as we uh, continue through Luke today and in the week together. Thanks for being part of it. We're in uh, the 22nd verse of chapter 13 of Luke. Um, we've got a little bit of time constraint today, so we won't, won't draw this out too far. But I, I think, Michael, this is one of those passages that we really get a good idea of how Luke does things because Luke's going to say several things that if you read, for instance, the Gospel of Matthew, you hear, but Matthew organizes them differently, and in Matthew they represent several different passages. Luke sometimes does this where he, he takes some of this stuff and he kind of mashes it together. And so we cover a lot of ground today. It's probably familiar ground, but it's ground that gets um, it, it gets consolidated in Luke in an interesting way. So I'll just read it quickly, and then we can come back and talk about it. Jesus went through one town and village after another, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone said, Lord, will only a few be saved? He said, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will try and enter, but will not be able. When once the owner of the house has got up and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us, then in reply, he'll say to you, I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I do not know where you come from. Go away from me, you evildoers. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves are thrown out. Then people will come from east and west, north and south, and will eat in the kingdom of God. Indeed, some are last who will be first, and some who are some are first who will be last. So again, I, I would make the case that if you read the Gospel of Matthew, for instance, you will have encountered virtually all of these words, but you'll hear some of them in parables or in conversations following parables. Some of them you'll hear on the, in the Sermon on the Mount. L Luke takes these things, condenses them, and consolidates them. So we have Jesus saying these things, and it, it's sort of thematic. And the idea here is that Luke has highlighted all of those passages that are a warning um, enter through the narrow door, that this is not an easy life, the life of faith. Um, make sure you are known by the master. Don't get left outside. Some who are first will be last, and some who are last will be first. And um, th this idea of weeping and gnashing, kind of, again, a, a Matthew phrase, a gospel phrase. And you, what, what this all accounts to is you do not want to be an outsider. Make an effort to be on the inside, and that will be due to one's relationship with Jesus, not one's status in Judaism or one's status in front of the law or anything like that. Um, kind of an interesting—I'd I, I, be curious, Michael, to know what a Lucan scholar does with this, because yeah. it's very interesting the way Luke has shoved all this together. So, Clint, this is actually a really interesting section of text that hinges, I think, on what assumptions we make about some of the key and maybe small and even hidden words. And, and in particular, I want to point our attention here to the many, many references that are made by Jesus saying, like this is happening, verse 25, 
then reply, he will say to you, I don't know where you come from, all of you evildoers. There's this entire text hinges, Clint, on whether you consider that to be a personal imperative or whether you consider that to be an outward facing imperative. And we actually get this. You might be more, you might be surprised the number of times that we'll have folks comment on a video like this and their interpretation that they begin with uh, in a text is they assume when you come to difficult, challenging texts like this, that the you is them. It's someone else. It's someone outside the walls. But what I think is really clear in this teaching as Luke has prepared it for us is this idea that each person should take account of their own soul, that we should each consider our relationship to the master, that the you here is not plural in the sense of that whole group or a whole constituency. No, it's you. It's your relationship with the one. It's your response to the one who is the Christ. And the question is, who will be saved? Well, it's the one who goes and um, is willing to wait up, the one who's willing to go through the door. All of these metaphors help us, I think, if we're willing to see that we have something at stake in it. And that that is rooted in humility. That's not to say that's where it stops and that doesn't have something to say for for Christians as a whole or, or groups as a whole. But Clint, I think we should feel a force, the force of a text like this on our own hearts. This should impact us. Luke wrote this for us. And I think that we should be careful in our reading and interpretation of it in such a way that we don't let it become a tool against others and that it, it retains its force in our lives. Yeah, and I think the power of that, and I think the, the best clue of that, Michael, is as you start the passage here, the question that occasions this is, Lord, will only a few be saved? And, and this is a question about others. And Jesus instead gives a very harsh and hard answer about self. In in other words, someone asked Jesus, what about those people or what about those people? And he said, look, you worry about yourself. Get in the narrow door. Know the householder. Get to know the person making the decisions because what is the ultimate, um, what is the ultimate bad news in the passage? I do not know you. I do not know where you come from. And they say, well, we, we ate and drank with you. We, we saw you in the street. We, we thought you were in our town. None of that is knowledge. None of that is relationship. And we have here again this fundamental teaching through the gospel that it is not in knowing about Jesus on which our, our ultimate um, security rests. It is in knowing Jesus. I do not know where you come from. Go away from me. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they will be there, but you will be thrown out if you're not known. And then he tempers that by saying, but people from east and west, north and south, people from everywhere. So this is not an exclusion passage. This right. isn't about ultimately right. that this number of people or that those people get in. This is a very frank and open, honest challenge to make sure you're one of them by knowing Jesus and by paying attention to one's own life in a way that fits these criteria. And so an easy passage, I think, to let misdirect us, maybe an easy passage to misunderstand, certainly a difficult passage, particularly the way Luke presents it. But I I think um, not altogether, a, a, while it's challenging, I think it's not 
terribly difficult to interpret. I think that's true. And I would also point out that detail that you mentioned, Clint, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all the prophets in the kingdom of God, to the people Jesus was talking to, this was their lineage. These are the people that they called as their heroes. These are the national fathers who all of the people have come down to. And there was an assumption of if we're in Abraham's family, if we're in Isaac's line, if we're Jacob's people, then God is on our side. That is just as long as we're in that group, everything is fine. And what Jesus does is pulls the rug out from under that and says, no, it doesn't matter whether you call the prophets your own. At the end of the day, it's not just the lineage that will determine what God does. The people will come, as you said, Clint, from the east, the west, the north, the south. They There will be a surprising variety of people who do come the narrow way. But make no mistake, it's a narrow way. Make no mistake that it's a choice made by those who seek to be known by the master, not those who are given some kind of birthright or the assumption of their right to be in the midst of that conversation. And and that is, I think, a further critique, actually, of even the Christian community when we, too, have rested on our laurels and said, well, we we know the Easter story. We grew up. We were baptized in the church. That is, in some ways, Clint, just as much a temptation as it is a blessing, because the temptation is that we'll make the assumption, well, we have John Calvin, or we have St. Augustine, or we have St. Paul, all of these people, right? Well, no, that it's whether or not we know the masters, whether or not we've been saved by the one who came and called us out of our way of life into a new way of life. That's what's at invitation here. And if we're able to hear that, then this becomes for us a moment in Jesus's teaching to find that, that small way, to find that new path that we might not find by ourselves. Right, because the two parables that precede this passage are about little things. They're, they're not about large, important things. They're about that growing kingdom. And now we see what it means that the kingdom grows in people, that they go through the narrow door. It, I, you might try to enter, but you won't be able if your heart's not right, if, you, if you're not there for the right reasons, if you're not doing the right things. And so I, I think... All of the Gospels, Michael, have this kind of language about separation. What I think is interesting about Luke is that in some ways he makes it the broadest. So, for instance, what I mean is in in Matthew, we, we all know that the first will be last, the last will be first. Here, Luke softens that a little. Some who are last will be first, and some are first who will be last. And so there it's less uh codified, it's it's less concrete in Luke. Um in Matthew the narrow door, the wide door, Matthew feels compelled to to uh, kind of explain what that means and so you have discussion following it. Here Luke is comfortable with simply issuing the challenge and kind of assuming that people have to figure that out for themselves. So rather than all of the exposition that goes with it, you have the challenge, you have the consequence, and and that really leaves you with the calling, oh, get this right. This is vital. This is important. This is crucial. Make sure you don't mess this up. And you can see Luke's editorial hand in this too, Clint, and you led the conversation off with this. 
is you can see how this theme that Jesus has clearly taught throughout his earthly ministry, as we see it reflected in the other gospel. But here, Luke has combined it with a kind of consistent through line. It starts with this question of salvation. It immediately moves to this, this parabolic kind of telling of the narrow door, the, the house um, who uh, the owner says, I don't know where you came from, the people who protest that, leading to this idea that, well, we're, aren't we the Abraham's people? And then saying, well, no, it doesn't matter whose people you are. There will be all peoples who come together. The ones who you might think are going to be left out are the people who are going to be included. All of these teachings flow with a kind of simple through line. And we can see how Luke being attentive to the sources, being attentive to his study, being a, a, a deep thinker himself, he's able to show us what Jesus was trying to teach in these moments. This is an incredible opportunity to, to for a moment, see this is what Jesus's purpose on the earth was. This is what the kingdom that those small things represent is going to do. It's going to start with a small number and it's going to ultimately end with the scandal of east, west, north, south being joined together at that final banquet. And that's the great gift that Luke is offering though the gift is not without challenge. And, and we're going to see that as we continue our study tomorrow. The, the conflict at this point in Luke with the pharisaical leaders and the religious leaders, that conflict is real and it's only increasing because of teachings like this, because it's not a veiled attempt to make it clear that the people inside the circle are not exempt from the the demands of discipleship, not exempt from the demands of turning from their former ways. And so I, I think, Clint, that what Luke is doing here is is a beautiful gift to us if we have the courage to hear it in the first place, and then if we have the faith to believe the good news in it in the second place. Keep in mind that Luke brings with him a missionary sensitivity. This is Luke's background, right? He meets Paul. He travels with Paul. So Luke is comfortable with the kind of language that forces a decision. Matthew is making a case to the Jewish people. And so in in Matthew, there's Old Testament passages and discussions about what they mean. Luke, I think, is is comfortable with a much sharper approach, a, a claim from Jesus and a call to decide, because I, I think that's part of his experience, Michael. I think having watched Paul preach and having heard Paul engage others, Luke is just more comfortable with this divisive kind of language that a decision has to be made. Are you in or are you out? And if you think you're in, be very careful because you might in fact be out. If you think knowing who Jesus is without knowing Jesus is enough, you're going to be disappointed. And I wonder if we see some of that experience show through in the way that Luke writes and in the way that we read some of these passages. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I've got to admit, I hadn't thought of it in that way. There's a sense in which maybe we might also be able to say of this idea of, you know, Jesus, um, we ate with you, drank with you, you taught in our streets, right? Like, being Jesus's fan isn't enough. Sure. Uh, it, it, we're not called to follow Jesus like a person follows the trajectory of a celebrity or a band. We're called to follow him with our real devotion, to, for our life 
values to be changed by the man who shows us what it looks like to be last that we might ha- endure the hope of being called first. That That's the kind of kingdom Luke is portraying here. It's not a kind of worldly feel-good in- encounter. It is a life-changing encounter with the Son of God who's taken on flesh. And if we get the force of that, Clint, then that is going to move us closer to the heart of what Jesus was teaching and what Luke is showing us from that teaching. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, we say, we've said this a lot lately, Michael. I think this is a difficult passage. It's not one that would probably seem particularly appearing, uh, appealing from a devotional standpoint as you went through it. But there's good stuff here if you stop and listen to it. We're glad that you made it to this point in the video. want to encourage you to subscribe so you can stick with us through the study as we go through look, Luke. excuse me, And of course, um, give this video a like. That helps other people find it in the past when they're doing their own studies and they'd like to join us for this conversation. Until we see you tomorrow. Actually, excuse Monday. me, Monday. Be blessed.